Welcome to the show. We've got a special one for you. The first episode of The Mental Masturbatorium. If willing, you will enter into a psychological spooge fest. And if you're lucky, we may just reach climax tonight. Well, you're welcome to join us. I've got my co-hosts, Jim, also known as Kirk, also known as Jim Kirk, also known as James Kirk, and Joe, also known as Joe, and myself, Glenn, here to guide you on a uh, mindful, meditative journey through a variety of aspects pertaining to the plight of the common man and his interpretation of self within this ethosphere that we call the world. We might venture into the realms of politics, religion, philosophies, Gnosticism, mysticism, spirituality, paganism. It's all open, it's on the table, and we're just putting it out there. Hopefully, those who are willing to listen can get something out of this, but uh, I know we will. Absolutely. Welcome to the show, people. This is your co-host, Joe, over here. Welcoming you to the to the old masturbatorium, where we mentally ejaculate our minds. It's the mental masturbatorium, but we'll work on that one. You know, it's the mental masturbatorium. Hey, Jim Kirk over here, um, Mancer. You hit the nail on the head, man. I think you sliced a, a deep one there. I yeah. got all four of your names in there. I know. I nailed it. It's really about man's place in space and time. And not to go too deep right off the bat with this one, though, but there is a forward arrow of time. And we are currently happen, I mean, we happen to be alive right now in these novel times. But with that said, without thinking past, without thinking present, there's a few things we know. And that there's a, a hierarchy of entities, um, souls, spirits, and it goes God, it goes space, it goes earth, and it goes man. I disagree. Animals in the bottom area there. You can put whatever order you want on it. Point being is that, I mean, we were talking earlier about this when you said, I mean, you guys think there is a God, or you said something to that effect. Listen. In the beginning was the Word. The Word became flesh. I believe a hierarchy is the wrong way to look at it. It's Genesis. God started from within and was animated into everything that you see. But the word now we're talking about our own beliefs. Me personally, I think we are all just an expression of God. God not being some sentient entity somehow dwelling outside of our own reality but it's all encompassing and all pervasive ubiquitous omniscient i'm just trying to get as many big words out there as i can <laughs> so i can sound smart well we know and like i said earlier to your answer was well it's what your definition of god is is that what matters and you got all these religions that put up walls and and oh this is our church and and these are our people we're different and it's all an expression of the same thing, and it's that uh, that. Here's my issue with organized religion. Just like we were speaking earlier about a different topic, it's centralized, and it's political, and there's power. Man, for the lifetime of the church, they've been stealing money. They've been going and causing wars, the holy wars, right? that there's been a lot of issues deep inside the church and I think the next wave is going to be a, a tribal wave with the reemergence of psychedelics, microdosing. People are able to experience God differently now than ever was able to be done before. I, I would have to disagree. Let me, fin let me just finish here. If there's one way you could fix 
a broken country or broken ideologies in, in, in a culture system in place that, that does what it does, you would change it by bringing a new religion to the party. Right? Because people are sick and tired of religion. I know you're going to church and stuff now, but to know that the stuff that's gone on in the church I don't, but Over I think the it's, years. it's the institutions that got corrupted, not the word of God itself. And I think that's where you're kind of confused. It's, yes, there are institutions that have been corrupted and, and individuals involved in the church. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean God is corrupted. And it's been used by individuals to, you know, try and assert this position that God himself is corrupted because his institutions are, when in reality it's just Satan actually making his way into the institutions, working his evil. That's just well, the way of the world. Hold on now, hold on here. This book I'd you, like, hey, before we get no, too far quickly. away from it, because I just want to, you made a pretty broad statement about um, churches stealing money uh, and the centralized nature of the, their, their organi organizational structure lending itself to that, and I think that that's a little broad and that should it necessitates a little bit of a correction in regard to it's only theft if the money being taken is unwillingly given which it's often not and it's being misappropriated or not used for things in which the people that are willingly giving the money want it to be used which for. most of the times if it's corrupted that's what's happening if well you're and i would i would argue that, that, that that's a limited number of instances that you, I'm gonna you can agree talk with you. about i'm gonna agree with you that's fine i'll, I'll be okay with that one but Mormons don't give tithing. They don't take, they don't pass the collection plate. In the Catholic Church, you're not expected to give anything more than you're comfortable My with. point being is, it's a large It's business. not theft. All I'm saying is it's not theft. It's business that doesn't pay taxes, because large churches are corporations. I, you can, you know they're what tax I mean? Well, they're mega churches. But I think historically, you've got a little bit of it backwards in regard to and, and I'm not a scholar. I've just recently started to read the Bible. But my understanding is when Moses was on Mount Sinai and God was giving him instruction to pass on, pass on to the, the Hebrews, uh, he wanted offerings to be brought and collected and stored. And I think that was sort of an aspect to the way governing developed out of that. You can look, look at how we run things nowadays with taxes, you know. And in the same way, in it, in its, you know, early on, churches were ha they had a way, a, an organizational structure, that lent itself to, you know, building a society. And you just can't do that without converging larger sums of money and then directively trying to, you know, do good with that. But how much good was done versus evil in the middle, in in, in the medieval times? I really don't know. When they're the holy yeah, but there wars was a lot of monks on, and stuff, you know, and there was well, a lot on, of good doing hold on. scripture and I'm stuff. A, I'm going to hit you back one deeper. That good old Bible and that book you got. Who put that thing together? Lots of people, man. It, yeah. And you want to believe in divine inspiration laid those pages right where they're at? What about the stuff that didn't go in there, huh? Exactly. Did Unfortunately, it, did it it's not all did in it there. Did it tell you're a right. story? Did it tell a different story Listen, that they didn't want people to know? If answer, I, answer me if, on that. If I had a book that was purely and definitively divinely inspired before you. And you had no question in your mind that it was the word of God and you knew exactly what to do, you would follow it, correct? If you knew definitively that this is God and this is right and this is what you do, you'd follow it to a T as best that you could in your capability, correct? Are you asking me, man? I I'm asking know. you both. Well, you would if, if, I, if, I had, if I had a book and I was like, this definitively was exactly every word of it literally was written by God for us. I'm not saying that exists. I'm not saying that's what the Bible is. But let's right. just say hypothetically I had that. Sure. Would You would follow it to a T, correct? I mean, yeah, you'd want to, right? Right? Sure. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Wouldn't you, want to be, wouldn't you say like, yeah, that's what God, yeah. if God's God, I'm going to do that, right? If God actually exists okay. and this is what he says that he wants us to do and this is proof that he does, okay. then yeah. Now, where's free will in that? Where's free? Where's the Plenty. test? Of, where's the test of faith in that? Okay, so when you talk about, you know, listening to the word of God and you know, taking lessons as you learn them and actually gaining wisdom from this experience, you can't have some. You can't expect the Bible to be this sort of definitive, empirically uh, proven and thoroughly researched document with historical, you know, uh, proven anecdotes to back everything up. 
Now, there's enough in there that can be corroborated that we can say is, like, at least based somewhat in truth that we can take it as at least something that has value to provide to society. Should we base some of our laws off of stuff that they were doing, like, five thousand, three, four thousand, five thousand years ago? Probably not. There's a lot of barbaric things that occurred back then. And in that sense, it's not necessarily just meant to be a supreme directive for modern man and future man and past man all at the same time. But you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and take those incidences where it doesn't really line up perfectly with current moral philosophy within our our culture and say that no, there is no merit in the rest of the book. And that and you know and that wants that makes me want to touch on another thing that you brought up which is tribalism and a possible decentralized nature to the the idea of religion or spirituality whatever you want to call it same thing. That's fine. But a pro but I see a lot of commonalities between the Torah, you know, the the New Testament, uh, the Quran. There's a lot of the same wisdom that's passed down in each of those books, and and I I am one to stand back and say that it's it's a little convenient that a lot of that stuff lines up, and there's a lot of the same lessons taught for it not to have some sort of validity with regard to, you know, how it should be interpreted, maybe how we should act upon it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, too, too often people are casually prone to essentially not even, and I was a victim of this for most of my life, just not even think of the Bible as something being worth reading. And I read plenty of bullshit uh, science fiction books that right. probably weren't worth the time. And I invested at tens and dozens of hours into reading books like that that were yeah. completely meritless. Yep. You got really nothing out of it's just entertainment. Right. But it's the understanding of w what we have in common, whether it's, you know, a Baptist or a Protestant, a Mormon, or, or maybe an, uh, a, a Muslim. My, is that the right? Is it Islamic is the faith? And Muslims' ethnicity? I always get... Well, obviously not well-cultured. Oh, yeah. uh, if it's, it's an Islamic country, so that would be the creed. But it's what you find Muslim in common. Is the religion. You unify around what you have in common, the common bond. The common experience, being human, being an expression of God. Flesh wrought from the word of God. God, wh whatever you fathom him to be, and everyone has their own you know, conceived notions. And we could delve into that, and it's going to get pretty ambiguous and abstract pretty quick, but I don't mind doing that. That would be fun. Well, I mean, that's, you know, and we've got a lot of time to talk about that kind of stuff as far as religion and stuff like that. I think really the, the real problem you know, why people have gotten away from God. If you look back in like, you know, the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, even the 60s, we were much more, you know, obviously religious and stuff. And it seems like, you know, that society has kind of like looked down upon religion because they want more acceptance of, you know, uh, gay, you know, people and, you know, gay marriage and stuff like that. And so I think a lot of, you know, gay people believe that Christianity is you know toxic and because it's you know leaves them out as a sin you know you're not supposed to do that you're going to hell they don't like hearing that you know what I mean also I've heard in the news recently where they're talking about wanting to turn a Christian you know saying that Christianity is white supremacy you know which is kind of crazy some of the stuff you're starting to hear it's so it seems like religion, you know, especially Christianity in, in the United States, is being demonized pretty bad, you know. And I think it's making a lot of people get away from it, unfortunately. I, I think there's there's so much room, you know, given the somewhat inaccurate historical context, at least based on how we, we view those eras. Mm -hmm. uh, and by no means are any of us historical scholars. But right. Uh, there's enough room with regard to the topics of homosexuality and when they present within the Bible to uh, it, maybe misinterpret or espouse that it has some sort of, uh, you know, belief regarding homosexuality that's not necessarily. Um, I have it on understanding that there were certain things with regard to men laying with men that God didn't see as fruitful and thus counterproductive right. to, the, you know, the, the... You can't procreate. Well, and it's, but it, if, if God had wanted the opportunity to explicitly say that a man shouldn't, you know, love another man, it, it could have been in the, you know, the Ten Commandments, and it's not. Mm -hmm. 
So that that should give anyone with that sort of, you know, I don't know, I wouldn't even call that a fundamentalist perspective on it, but that should give anyone pause that wants to think that Christians hate gays. Because if it was that big of a deal and that it's been turned that way, and, you know, we'll, we can have a political talk about why and how that happened, but if it was that big of a deal, it would have been in the Ten Commandments. Right. But I think most of that is just, it comes from a bygone era yeah. things were a little bit different and and that goes back with my baby with the bathwater thing where it's like that gets made into a bigger deal than it ever was really meant to be i would argue well unfortunately but i'm not an expert i haven't even read the whole you're Bible. right you are right but unfortunately there are still you know individuals out there that do believe that christianity is bad you know and they they think it's you know toxic for society and so you're always going to have it's yeah. the same thing as people not liking uh, you know, Muslims, you know, and I so think th there's a certain, at least within like the atheist uh, perspective, uh, this notion that faith is um, counterproductive and it's holding us back and, you know, maybe slowing our own enlightenment. But um, I, I think if you were able to sort of merge what, you, what, what they often refer to as the cosmic perspective with something you know, along the lines of w what we are to learn from, like, the Word of God, you might you might come to a different conclusion. It's not to say that science doesn't have uh, it, its own basis, and it plays into the whole big picture. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, and again, that's just... I just don't think y you get a complete picture from the Bible. You know, they probably cherry-picked pages that they wanted to put in it. Just like Kirk was saying earlier, there's tons of stuff that was left out. They didn't say mm -hmm. there were going to be electric cars. No. No. They didn't say hey, that hey, we listen, were going to have man. vaccines and viruses. No, hey, they didn't say that. And you can at least agree with me on this. It's a book of stories and parables. Yep. Okay. Really good and, ones. And too. so then I asked. So then I asked. Well, what about all these other stories in in history mm -hmm. about a son, a savior, the son of God, right? Horus. You get yeah. you get back That's to some of this. That's a good point, and I've thought about that a lot. Now, do you know Odin? Do you know about the a a actual astrological? explanations for all of that how the sun goes on the winter solstice it goes to its lowest point and it hangs on the crux constellation across and then it moves stays there for three days and then starts moving higher in the other direction heading towards spring and so all of these early religions it's just a big anecdote to it's an yeah astrology Yep, exactly. But they made a story about it and they believed it so hard because they were studying and living by these stars that these stories were told. Yeah, Christmas was the winter solstice. I would you know, say. What um, I'm saying is is they wrote it in their flavor and it all of a sudden was the only one out there and the printing press came yeah. out and they just saturated mm -hmm. the I, world with it. I would argue that that's. Because you don't know. It's correlation. Another book, another person, and could have been done, you know, differently. It's correlation, not necessarily proof, but with regard to there being several iterations of similar stories to a savior, doesn't that in and of itself lend some sort of validity to the idea that someone, maybe an amalgamation of all of those different people, a similar did character. exist? For sure. And through the annals of time, like a game of telephone... Yeah, it gets mistranslated and brought up, but that in and of itself lends itself to the idea that there was something that it originally came from. There's reflections in time, and similar characters are born again and somehow have the same spirit. Which brings me to the one thing I, you know me, man, I'm a recovering Catholic, right? All the sacraments, did it all, born and raised, schooling, all that. I'm a recovering Catholic, though, man, because I feel like I was lied to, and they're not telling me the whole story. But here's what I'd tell you, is that the one, my, my one takeaway, besides doubting Thomas, who asked to see the actual wounds in Jesus' hands, you know that story? We'll, we'll, we'll go to that another time, but there's a Father, a Son, and a Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is within all of us. It's like in Star Wars, the Force. And Jesus, in my, in what I see in my head, is that all of us are spirit incarnated into flesh and experiencing time 
in our biological bodies. And Jesus well, said that he was God yeah. mm -hmm. and he was man. Mm -hmm. And why can't that be for all of us? Well, I think that was a part of what Jesus was trying to accomplish. He can't, he, uh, again, I, I'm not an expert in this. Man. The story said, though, he said he was different. He was considered a perfect. He, he wasn't like a Bodhi. He was supposed to be right. perfect. He came along and, you know, whores couldn't worship at the church and uh, lower castes of society weren't allowed to have a relationship with God in the same way that the upper castes were. What are they? The, what are the uh, Philistines? Yeah. Yeah. So right. he just came and he turned that whole paradigm on its head to say that exactly what you're saying, Kirk, which is it's no, it's an internal thing within, within each individual. Yeah. Right. Which then fits in with the idea that we are all expressions of God equally. Which makes sense because there's many people that are born into different castes. And when you really look at the people and you talk to them, it's like they're not all that much different. They're all pretty much. I'm not saying everyone's the same. We've but got, the things we've that separate us are a lot smaller than the things that we hold in common. The things that me, you, Joe, what we all have and everyone have, is they somehow have some God. I don't care how, you know... I know there's some deniers out there of, of, you know, creation like that, but you have a God in, in well, your... Well, listen, everybody worships that. And even the atheists have a God. It's just their God is the one of... My point being, so everyone goes to a spot where they experience some sort of, of uh, extra-dimensional being, for a better, for a lack of words there, and then they know their body, which they have to eat somewhat healthy and exercise just to keep everything running, right? Yeah, there's it's, a lot of there's a lot of shit that came out of religious doctrine that was literally just it's like, hey, here's the here's the nutrition scheme. No, no, this is what you should eat. This is what you shouldn't eat. Bear right? with me here. So there's that flesh body, the flesh vehicle, and then there's the mind, which I think you can use that mind and spirit pretty close to each other. And what does the mind do? It calculates thoughts in space and time it takes information from our physical body and experiences it so we are the universe experiencing itself in the cosmic greatness of the one and i and i would uh think that if you really dwell on that for a while you might come to the conclusion that that does not fly in the face of christianity Oh, I agree. I'm just telling you that it's all just See. whatever you need to drink, whatever cup of tea or whatever coffee you need to drink about your God. Hey, man, whatever your flavor. It's caffeine. Right. Hey, man, whatever your flavor of God is, I'll support it. It's hydration for the soul. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're an atheist and your soul's hydrated by a certainty of nothing which in and of itself you just have faith that that's true because you don't know and if it's something that's incomprehensible and you want to chalk that up to nothing it's pretty much the same same thing either way you still have faith it's just how you describe it is vastly different than other people describe it it just pretties up it puts makeup on the thing we're really all afraid of and the reason it's even a question and why we talk about it and why it's part of our lives is because when the lights go out, we don't know what happens. As a pretty intelligent species, we become, of all the stuff we know, when those lights go out, we don't know if there's something. And that's where this whole God thing got started, because well, they questioned, what would happen when I die? We don't know that. That's speculation. But Yeah, but come on. Just think through this with me now. If we're just monkeys on these grasslands and, and all of a sudden our brains are getting bigger and we're like, I wonder what happens when I die. Because they would have experienced other things dying, especially when people didn't live real long. Like, it was part of their lives. But not knowing that's no more or less likely to have been what happened as if God actually came here and saw a bunch of monkeys... It's like, no, I'm going to turn that into something greater. And he gave us consciousness. Okay, well, now you're throwing in that as something. Well, I'm just saying, you're talking about something where it's like, no, we don't really know that. I'm you saying just think the birthplace like of religion. And I hate calling it religion because I think organized religion, when, when I talk about this, I think more appropriately would be shamanism. Spirituality. Shamanism for thousands and thousands of years. And what they well, yeah, druids as well. Druidism. Yes, you I know. know. I mean, but, but that's shamanism. That's hold on, similar. hold on. The birthplace of the God question 
I think came out when we were uh, on the grasslands, our brains were getting bigger, and since we were always experiencing people dying, we always asked, what happens when I die? Well, and so you make a God so that you can create a place in yeah. your head that so makes you feel good. What, if I'm hearing you literally, what you're, what you're saying is that you yourself in an environment where a God hadn't been discussed or theorized would have found yourself in a position to fear the unknown and extrapolating that to human nature. And we do have a tendency psychologically, I think, to fear the unknown. It goes without saying, deep water, dark caves, uh, uncharted territories, we fear the unknown. You, you yourself would feel as though, were you thrust into that same situation as prehistoric man, you would have sought some sort of solace in the idea that there was some sort of afterlife or a big, and, and that's uh, not necessarily true as much as it's just true that you think that or that it might be possible. But yeah, well, what all I'm saying is, is in the very beginning of where man separated from being like an animal, like in the nature cycle, mm -hmm. like when we started throwing spears and living together and communicating right through talk. Mm -hmm. When things really changed, God was born somehow. Because you can't show me a, a bunch of chipmunks that go to church on Sundays. So, with that said, something changed, and that's what made our species different and got us to where we are. But at the birth. So, you're taking a very biological perspective, and to say that our brains had somehow developed to a point in which we needed something different that we weren't able to get in the same regard that other animals on the plane without consciousness had. Or arguably without as much consciousness. Yeah, I'm saying the whole God thing came about because we just started yeah, to ask the question, what happens when we die? But it, it's ironic because what you're saying sounds kind of dogmatic. N you just, yeah. you're saying that you just know that. No, I'm not. I'm c because here's what I'll say I'll know. Everything is words. And it's just how you organize those <laughs> words. That are, No, I'm telling you, this is all syntactual at heart. In mm -hmm. the Bible... 100%. Is words laid out in patterns yeah. and when you start breaking down the words of God well now you can dump it in 20 other buckets mm -hmm. and paint a different face on it but when man first started to, to formulate like actual thinking there is always the subject the verb and the uh, predecessor right mm -hmm. so it's the three it's the three things and so God me and spirit the jesus story just kind of ripped off that okay. and used it as a political well, and move just, and again you're just saying something that you think might be true without yeah, knowing correct. that's my point correct so moving past that because we're both I, i'm not disagreeing with what you're saying i'm just pointing out that what you're saying isn't something that you actually know you're just saying that you think that there was always a savior in all religions like you were saying earlier you had muhammad you know you had uh, Jesus, you had, you know, in pagan religions, you had like Odin. If you go back to like old Greek religions, you had like Apollo and Zeus. And I mean, so these types of, you know, religion has just kind of evolved over time, but it's always been around. W what I'm know? saying, Mancher, is I think religion has been a huge part of, of modern man's life for thousands of years. But there might have been a thousand other books like the Bible in different cultures, sure. yeah. different Things parts of the changed. world. Let me turn it around on you a little bit. You're saying that we ascertained some form of consciousness that lended itself to us psychologically creating the idea of a God. And then that just evolved into different iterations of oral and written I traditions that brought us to where we are now, having these Bibles and these organized structures around it. Now, and you're saying that to, in a sense, maybe disqualifies the idea of God having merit in and of itself as, as an actual existing uh, thing, whatever you want to call it, entity or force. In the but beginning. The, but let me turn, I'm not finished making my point. And the way that I turn that around on you is to say that chemistry and philosophy and law and all these other sciences came about the same way. We developed higher rational faculties and then we were able to ascertain the world and empirically study it and come to con conclusions and learn more about this existence. God could be the same way. And this, so your theory, which you think, you can't really know, that we somehow ascertain some sort of level of consciousness that then lent itself out of our fear of the unknown 
to make us want to create your you're using the word create but i could easily use the word conceive or interpret a sort of overlying or underlying depending on how you look at it or originating god figure or energy doesn't mean that it in and of itself doesn't exist it just meant that we then had the higher mental faculties to be able to describe it and conceive of it and what the ramifications of that would be so again no. what you're saying does not disqualify the notion of no. god and, and you're misreading me here uh, glenn and not to to be confrontational with it but listen i'm all for the church and going to church on sundays so hold not, on but hold we're not on talking a second. about church hold on a second man I'm not saying anything bad about religion and, and liking your story because whatever you truly believe is probably what ends up happening because it is words. It is what's in our head. I don't know. You, there's a lot of things, man. It's like whatever your flavor of whiskey, fine. That's cool. But when something has used power, right, and cor corrupted organizations and people in his for history for centuries, when we talk holy wars, it, that's and another we, baby. With but a you basket, can't, but discount, but you can't another, discount the existence of him. That's at another all, baby. You know? I'm just with saying, the, I hold but, that against him. But that's another baby in the bathwater thing, where you can look at all organized societies. Yeah, it's, all, the it's all of mankind, corrupt. And I you agree. Could all, you could say law has been used wrongfully. Yeah, you could for say sure. that money has been. Yeah. We still operate. We still try to use law. We still use money. Like. So the, the point that you're making, again, just corroborates the idea that God, even if it, the notion of studying God as a concept came about because of us developing higher rational faculties to be able to, doesn't then disqualify or demerit it on its own. Listen, you, you didn't understand my last point, but I'm going to swing back on you here. Let and me I, and hold on, no, and, and, and I'm going to say, in the beginning was the Word, and that Word became flesh. And when I say that God was created in our head, at some point when we had critical thinking, well, we put a word in our head for God, Yahweh. So this is where I don't think I'm misinterpreting what you're saying. Because you originally were saying that you think we, we didn't know what came after we died, and so we created the idea of God. If there wasn't a God, we would have created one. And then before, just now, you said that we created God. You didn't understand when I'm saying early man in thinking and what they're experiencing. Yeah, they were extremely superstitious. They thought yeah. all that. That's, I, yeah. I, they, I get what they, he's talking about. They put their word for God on I, it, I Yahweh. Think, I think what's going on, though, is is like when we got to the time of Jesus and the time of the Bible, you know, uh, just man not, was making a turning point, and God was showing himself. That was a turning point in history where he was like going, hey, look. You guys can't act like this. Like you were saying earlier, they were only allowing rich people to have a relationship with God. You know, poor people or or whatever mm -hmm. miscreants and these types of people weren't weren't allowed. And so there was a turning point that happened, and I think there was an illumination of it, and it became bigger. You know what I mean? And it did expand well, because Christ obviously did exist. There, there's two. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, think, he had to. I, I, no, right? there's it was very, a real dude. Jesus was a very, real dude. There's very little evidence that he was a real guy. Listen, I and think, Joe, me and you will have this talk after the show on this. I think there's, there's a little bit of a, 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 a breakdown in communication. I think he had to be a real dude. Man. Very little evidence. We're, Look we're, it up. Google it right now. I think he was a real dude. I, I feel like he we're was. We're somehow simultaneously trying to like have a conversation about religion and God like it's the same conversation, and it's not. Talking but, about religion mm -hmm. is like talking about universities. No, it's universities the same thing. Universities aren't always good. God is the same thing well, in the religion. Well, the religion takes you to let, God. Let me, let me make it a really clean metaphor that's that, that, so you understand what I'm saying. Universities can do things that are corrupt and bad, and they can overcharge people for tuition. But Absolutely. The per, but the pursuit of having students advance the sciences or the arts is still a valid pursuit, regardless of yes. if there's a constrained amount or a limited amount of instances in which some of the universities were corrupt. And what's the pursuit and, in the and church? The religion in this metaphor is the uni university. God is the pursuit in a scientific application. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. But I you can't, you can't, uh, you can't, you can't disconnect the two. And maybe it's because you're here's what you I'm, call a recovery. Here's what I'm connecting. No, no. Listen, <laughs> but I think a lot of that listen. problem probably came about because at such a young age you were told things that 
you didn't have the critical uh, an, an analytical abilities to be able to say to yourself, it's like, what did he mean he rode in a whale for like 12 days or however long it was? If it was I, like, you know, how did you live that? I went a up. A kid wouldn't understand how to how to. Listen, man, that. I've been around priests my whole life, and they're all different characters, but most of the time they're weird people, and you know that, you know. Same thing can be said about professors, no, about No, lawyers. nothing against it, but, but hear me out. In this last one I was talking to, I said, man. You're still doing the baby in the bathwater thing, though. No, here's what I'm going to tell you with my, and then I'll, I'm not putting your shit down. I'm not, I don't take it that way. All I'm, I'm, I'm saying is, saying. is that the church took the power from the word, put it in a fucking book and said, hey, these are the laws. If you disobey them, this is what happens. There's someone in control. There's always someone on top. The Romans who put it in as a national religion, Christianity, they said, this is a power grab. I've got control over my masses better, and I'm going to use... Maybe this will make more sense. No, no, no. You don't agree with that? They didn't think on that? I, I'm, they I'm said not, for the goodwill of JC, not, we're going to spread the word. It has been I'm manipulated. Not, there was times in you know, not, the world it was, I'm, for sure. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, but I, I want you to take like a more of a thousand-foot perspective on it. It had to we be done. We three in this room don't necessarily need there to be a law that you don't murder people or you just don't, Absolutely. You don't commit heinous crimes. Like, we don't necessarily, because we could just... We inherently know, I it, think you're born with that, right? It's self-evident. Yeah. Right? You're kind of born with w knowing well, what to do, you know, like knowing right from wrong. You know, when you right. get to a certain age, you just kind of do. So the church, to an extent, is like a governing body, and it has to take into account... The people in which some things might not be self-evident, some might need a little bit more help than others, and then there's always going to be room for people that are sort of like, they can they can take some of the bullshit with it and not throw the whole baby out with the bathwater. Now, Kirk seems to want to focus on a lot of the bullshit and say that the whole institution as an idea is flawed. Because no, bad it has happen. to be there. It has to be there. I agree with you, Glenn, so you, you've misunderstood my what I've been telling you. All I'm saying is, is, I took you through a chronological order of it. He's where just it's a little biased because he's a Catholic. Where he's recovering Catholic. I'm just saying there's he's been... He's a biased recovering Catholic. What if I told you I just said I bet there's been a dozen Jesus-type characters? I would say that maybe that's more. a cool idea, man. That's groovy, and maybe there were. Point being is that that was the right one at the right time, and the, and the fucking Romans threw it out there and said, hey, this is what we're believing now. I think it, it, we get you a little bit— You know what I mean? There was politics back then, too, and they had well, and better this, control. This is political to an extent, too, because with regard to how what people let believe and being— talk. Okay, sorry. Am I cutting people off? No, he just keep talking, man, sir. I don't want to like dominate the conversation. I just like no. All I'm saying all. is it started at the bottom when it started when man was forming thoughts in his head about you just pissed God. God off. That's why you're my guys. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to take a technical break. We're gonna be back with you here shortly. All right, we're back to continue. The mic has been resurrected so to speak uh hot topic of debate here pretty exciting and i think there's a lot of uh, opportunity here to expand the conversation and maybe touch on more things specifically that uh for time constraints and uh you know bearing our audience in mind maybe we're just uh leaving some of this stuff on the table the back burner we can get back to that later me and kirk have had um, maybe a slightly contentious debate about, you know, the merits of organized religion versus, uh, you know, is it necessary? Is it beneficial? Has it partook in corrupt practices in the past? Does that then mean or not mean that you should throw the baby out with the bathwater? Opinions will vary, but, uh, you know, the stance that I think I was just trying to conclude on that, and not because I don't want to feel like I'm arguing with somebody. I'm not an avid church guy, and I've just only recently become familiar with the Bible. Uh, yeah, but my and my faith, I would say, is a one of it's a little bit different. And eventually, at some point, maybe on another episode, I'd like to discuss the cosmic perspective and some of my own personal beliefs without feeling though I have to correct the record uh, with regard to somebody else's beliefs. Um, the point being that there's a lot of positive, inherent benefits to organized religion and its ability to do well with its resources. That it's, you know, it's it's it 
patrons, is that how you'd say it? The churchgoers will voluntarily give to the church, and the church will find a way to Parishioner. distribute that. And maybe it doesn't always get di- distributed the way that everyone would want it to be. Uh, and maybe some bad things do occur as a result of decisions made by the church or direct action done by the church. Uh, but uh, but as a whole, any church in, in particular, I'd say that's not the idea behind it. And uh, it possibly has evolved into like a pseudo governmental institution in which, you know, people have a tendency to sort of malign it maybe. And I, and, and I guess from what I'm saying, it, it, a lot of that's not necessarily justifiable and you have to take it within its historical context. And also a lot of the good that they do is not to say that the bad shouldn't be correct as it occurs. Here's, what, here's what I'm saying, man. You talk about universities and, and your different schools of thought and stuff like that, philosophy, the sciences, why it's STEM. And in the modern world we live, we're throwing rockets off this place, we're hitting the moon, we're going to other planets, all this. And you're telling me the main religion in this place, the la- or at least the first you know, five major religions, all go off of books that are 5,000 years old. And then you got the old, obviously the Old Testament, it, you know, is in back in that time, New Testament, a little bit newer. But it's like, man, we're kind of smart. And like, we are not monkeys anymore. And, and this stuff's way older. And I can respect a good story if it, you know, tells the story and, and helps someone's morality at some point. Yeah. And if you ever you, watched a good movie and felt like you learned something from it? Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and whatever book you want to read, man, hey, amen, brother. If someone is likes something and works for them and, and their God is how they want it, amen. I've seen that book change people's lives, completely turn them around, and they went from completely unsuccessful to totally successful and had a much better life and were way happier, so... It, it a lot it of that knowledge in that book is very useful, yeah. I believe. And maybe and that's I've why it's it lasted the test of time. Yeah. What other 5,000-year-old books do we still look at? That, that book can change your life if you allow it to, and if you give yourself to that religion. I've done it before, and I'm not saying I'm some devout Christian now, but I've felt, I have felt, definitely have to say I've felt something. It's a faith in a higher power, and, you know, whether or not you think it's unnecessary, maybe, you know, a lot of atheists think it's some sort of placebo effect there where you just buy into the hype and, and thus you benefit from buying into it. Um, and there might be some, some empirical evidence to even back that notion up scientifically, but at the end of the day, where me and Kirk, I think, and, and Joe, all three of us really agree on is it's an internal relationship that you have. It doesn't need to be derived from a, an external source, as i.e. a church. But that isn't to say that a church or some sort of organizational body that's spreading the word a, a, that they think needs to be spread, whether it's this word of God or that religion or that church spreading it, that doesn't say that that can't have a positive effect on reaching a broader audience and uh, maybe uh, having them ask questions they didn't ask before or come to conclusions they wouldn't have come to otherwise. But they're not perfect. Nobody is. Whatever your flavor of whiskey. Because you get a buzz when you connect with God in some sort of, you know, physical, you know, in reality. So so what I'm saying is, though, they put a... But that's a little bit of a pejorative way of likening it to, I I think, comparing it to some sort of uh, inebriating substance. Well, I mean, he's just being facetious. But, I mean, obviously, you know, there is some type of mental feeling you that do you have yourself. when you have a connection, regardless of whether it's Buddhism, because I've done it. I've meditated doing Buddhism, and I felt really good, and, you know, like, it was unbelievable. But I've also prayed in a Christian church and felt really good, kind of a similar it's feeling. It's like the same. So it's almost like the same thing. And, and that's what, what, what if I told you it's not even close? Well, that would be just like your opinion, man. I'm telling you what the future beholds, man. I'm just saying that it's written into the Old Testament that the seventh day would be the one of rest. And you can take it and just say, like, you know, you can pick it apart because it's like, wow, God made the whatever. But that you could call it meditation, the seventh day. I mean, it's the same idea. It's rest. Absolutely. Listen, it's about being a Bodhi, about being that seeker in enlightenment. 
and, and you can put you can slap whatever badge you want Christi christianity you know islams islamic but at the end of the day when you die what happens do you meet your maker and all those flavors have a yes you do you do and you that's do where we can and that's where we all can agree no matter what your slice of pie is on that when we shut our eyes we see the maker uh, at its at the bare minimum you meet your maker in the sense that i mean fuck we've got more cells of they say more bacterial cells in our own body than actual yeah. human cells you know so in a sense it's like well what what are we you meet your maker and you decompose into the earth well the earth made you so in that sense and and in a baseline sense you definitely meet your maker some uh, some from, from some form of spirit context, is lost you know from a spiritual context there's an emerging field within quantum physics that would imply that there's an actual real scientific rationale to the, the notion of a soul weight leaves the body when measured that's yeah, an actual definitely there's no, an essence that lasts forever there's an essence within us that leaves this body a soul whatever you want to call it but, but we'll, there's something that leaves it's the, the shell this holy spirit the energy the the force so but i what, thought you said uh, you didn't uh, believe in god the holy spirit you just said whoa you didn't believe in Jesus, I'm sorry. No, just because <laughs> I don't believe in JC as like an actual so, guy doesn't mean I believe in those concepts. I, that's what I said, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And, that's and I, I, t I touched on it just briefly when I started to talk about the tribalistic, you know, separatist nature of you know, sort of mankind's uh, psychologic tendencies, looking for what uh, divides us rather than what unifies us. And I think when you start... You know, picking apart like a certain religion or a certain church and that religion or anything, and you, you vilify it for the wrongdoings that have been wrought, uh, and you kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. That that's a, a kind of a, another example of sort of like look for what the commonality is. The commonality is, and in, and in its essence, it is that we are all an expression of God. And when people have a tendency to say like, "Oh, God made us," it's like, okay. You want to get all sci-fi on me and say God just like came from another galaxy and like genetically created us. Okay, that would be one way to interpret it, you know, or maybe we were just we, we came into being, you know, in a sort of like ninth dimensional way that we can't even comprehend. And we just have to have a, a certain sort of faith in that. Whatever story you need to tell yourself, hey, man, I'm all good with it. Yeah, but that's again, all that, I'm saying. But Nothing that, against that, any story. But that's condescending to put no. it, to liken it that I way. I have a story. Because it's like you're, you're supposing that people have a requirement to kind of force themselves to believe something, and that that goes in line with what I was saying with regard to atheists looking at uh, the notion of spiritualism as a, a placebo effect. And I would argue that that's not necessarily the case. That's just one hypothesis. I'm saying the Bible's a placebo effect. And that's just I'm like your you. opinion. Man. I know. I'm saying it's 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 it. The miracles have happened because someone has read something in the Bible and it gave them hope. Well, but who, but who the human mind might not have needed the Bible, and another story might have done the same job. But I just think you're getting a little distracted from the point. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. <laughs> when, Jim's when, like, it's not. There's not just one freaking way. Okay. Yeah, there's not, man. <laughs> there's no way. Like that's so arrogant to say that. I, I didn't say that. And most of the I world didn't say that. isn't some sort of Eastern I'm spirituality. Saying, I'm saying that. It's it's arrogant and ignorant to say that that's wrong, and that somehow no, knowing that yeah, if like I said, flavor of whiskey. If you need to go to the church, I love going to church. I just don't and go anymore. And that's kind of a condescending, condescending way of likening it to. It's like it's like a need that so drives people. If I don't go, is there an issue with me and God? I don't know. Well, that's all. That's just the flip side I'm of the question. I'm not prescribed. I don't go, and I don't feel Again, like there's an issue no. with me and God. I haven't so. had a ton of opportunity, so really. So don't, don't down. I mean, this is like kind of a short uh, form dialogue that we're having. It's not really as long a form as might be required to have these heavy of arguments. But I'm not prescribing that people need to go to church. I'm just saying that we can't start looking at organized religion as something villainous and live in a unified society where we all individually understand that we have an internal relationship with God. It's, it's counterproductive, and, and it doesn't come across right, and it won't help you, you know, really reach communion with the people around Yeah, people have been coming together in church for a long time. It's a great way for communities to come together and, you know, and it's, you know, come on. I mean, it's 
nothing but good could, could, could come I, from it, right? Yeah, there's extremists everywhere that, you know, whether it's, a, you know, white Christian supremists that hate this group or the other, or it's Islamic extremists that hate Jews. There's always extremists, but again, that's a baby with bathwater thing where that's not whole. That the average Christian doesn't hate no. Islamic people. No. You know, and I don't know much about is, is, uh, the Islamics, but I mean, I don't know if the average one of them really hates Jews. Remember uh, when we had that toy drive and... Uh, I just remember most of the people that came in and brought toys for kids were all, a lot of them had crosses on and you could see, you knew that they were Christians and, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're generous to people and they're trying to do something good. They're trying to do right. And, and there are people that don't have the same exact flavor of faith that also try to do good. It, it's not necessary to be this or that denomination or religion to do good but the whole point is to do good and then that would be a broader discussion ha to have as to how do we arrive at that conclusion and yeah. where does that come from and is that the word well we can uh, catch up with you guys next time right here the toy Stoyan question is man good Kirk, on yeah. the mental masturbatorium you are now exiting Jump the mental out. masturbatorium wipe the psychological jizz from your forehead. Amen. You should probably take a shower. Thank you.